everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Back to a three-pull this week as Woo-hoo. Benny is back from the Costa del Backyard. Benny, how was your time off? Adam is also here. Hello, Adam. Hello. Go on, Benny. Hi, Adam. I, ha- I had a lovely time, I thank you. Lots of time chilling with Blossom and Freya and relaxing after working for too long in a row. Um, we had some days just uh, relaxing at home and other days we went to uh, Banham Zoo, which is the the most lo- most local like good zoo. There are some like crappy zoos around here, like Tiger King like zoos. And we also went on <laughs> went to a nature trail, which is like a this is like the other side of Norwich in a town called Fakenham, and it's basically like a one hour walk around the woods where they had like statues of um, like animals and people, aliens and dinosaurs and dragons, that sort of thing. Sort of like the places where Adam takes his kids, but it was outside rather than some creepy dude's house. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I do feel as though we need to ask you, Benny, as you weren't here last week, uh, have you got a close-to-death moment? Well, funny enough, um, I, I listened to the podcast um, today because work was so quiet, I managed to put it on and... Uh, Listen to it, and your stories were very intriguing. Uh, I did say to you on text earlier that I was half listening uh, when Adam was doing his, but it sounded like some sort of fan fiction with all his friends like gathered around together, like trying to figure out what to do. And then he suddenly got suplexed onto his head and nearly died, which was really entertaining to me. Um, and then when you were talking about your choking man, I thought you were referring to me in Teppanyaki choking on a bit of the uh, steak fat, which I no, just that like, was somehow. Nuts. Somehow forgot to chew and just uh, yeah. nearly died on. Um, my story come. I, I when when I heard the podcast, I texted my mum just so I could get a, a little bit more context of it because it was a long time ago. I was a kid. She says I was around ten. I feel like I was a little bit younger than that. But essentially, um, I, I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast that uh, there was a tradition in my family where um, as soon as you were able to walk. Uh, my granddad would pick you up and chuck you in a swimming pool and teach you how to swim. And as such, like I think I got a bit overconfident in my abilities because um, for the people listening at home who don't know, I live by the coast, by the sea. And when I, when I was younger, I used to spend a lot of time in the sea. Uh, we'd go down the beach on a nice day. Me and my cousin, we had like a beach hut where we'd all gather around and me and my cousin would spend like pretty much the whole, the whole day in the sea pop out for something to eat and then go back out again. Uh, So there was one day, again, mum says I was around 10, where essentially uh, we went out for a swim and I got caught in an undercurrent, a riptide essentially, and got like dragged all the way out to sea, Um, where in fact uh, someone had to come and save me. Um, Mum mentioned to me that um, because I was a decent swimmer, I thought, I guess I thought like I had a better chance of getting away with it than what I did. Uh, and then suddenly you're out like past the past the pier, and like no one's within that shouting distance of you. Uh, fortunately, a lad that I think my cousin knew, like his well, my cousin's brother, who's all, I guess is also my cousin, his friend, he spotted it and he was a really good swimmer. And he managed to come get me, so I didn't drown. Fortunately, uh, my mum also mentioned that because I was a little bit tall for my age, I was I managed to basically like plant my feet in the se- in the seabed. So I wasn't like being dragged away, but yeah, that's my that's my story. I nearly drowned when I was I'm going to say eight or nine, and the worst part of that was my granddad saw what happened as well, and he'd gone to get lunch. He went to the the the, the pier to get some chips, and I saw as I was coming back in, he'd um, in a, in his attempts to come and help, he threw my chips in the sea, and that that was the most heartbreaking part of it all. Was he hoping to like summon a a, a swarm of like helpful <laughs> dolphins or something? Come on, there's Seagulls. chips here. Come, come, come. He must he must not have put enough vinegar on them because they never came. Oh, there you go. I thought you were going to say or that maybe he threw them in salty. the sea to ent- to entice you back. <laughs> He'll smell <laughs> these and swim back fair. in. He'll be fine. <laughs> well, we all know Benny can uh, uh, smell chips from ten miles away underwater. <laughs> it's true. Benny's like a shark. He can, yeah. Yeah, they can they can smell a drop of blood in a million liters of water. Benny can yeah. smell one chip in a million gallons of I don't know. Vinegar it's, just, it's, it's the vinegar. It's just <laughs> a, 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 a drop of vinegar in the sea, and I'm there, just like swimming like. Um, these incredible Paralympic swimmers with no arms or legs just like flopping their way in the water, swimming faster <laughs> with no limbs than I can with um, all my limbs functioning. That was how I 
yeah, managed to get saved. It's so crazy, isn't it? I know we talked last week, but it's just mental thinking. How close you actually could be to death mm-hmm. every single oh, day. Thing. It's just nuts. Yeah. I was joking. Yeah, I, Sarah hates like going a, on. Um, sorry, Sarah I was going to say, it's like, a, it's like a, a stroke of luck and um, some quick thinking of others, which like stops you, essentially, yeah. from being... Yeah, a, definitely. In your, in your case, a splatter in a car, or in my case, a... A float and husk out to sea on the on the way to like Amsterdam or something. Yeah, it's true. Sarah hates going on roller coasters, as you both know. Yeah, mm. she'll happily get on a plane. And I always say, <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, you're like planes are just basically. I still refuse to believe there's any science involved in planes, and they're just kept up in the air by willpower and imagination. <laughs> just people just just praying that it's just not them who's going to be that statistic on the news when it plows into a fucking mountain in Peru or something. And I just think, yeah, every time you get on a plane, you just think, I'm in a flying tube in the sky and one little thing goes wrong and that's it. I've become I, a, I, a scene. I think if you could entice Sarah to go on a roller coaster, it would have to have like an all-inclusive holiday at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, she does a few corkscrews, a couple of loops, and then she's uh, in a swim pool bar. Drinking as much uh, sangria as she can. Yeah, just some dude hanging a mimosa after mimosa. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, boring fact of the week, everyone. Uh, chip shop Ooh. vinegar isn't actually vinegar. It's actually what? It's actually something called non-brewed condiment. Uh, and it's produced <laughs> in a different way to vinegar. It's not actually vinegar. Uh, it's a malt vinegar substitute. It's got water, acetic acid and flavourings. And sometimes a bit of caramel colour in it, and it's it's done that way because it's cheaper than making vinegar, so they use that instead. The uh, traditional vinegar is made by fermenting alcohol, and so that takes time. But instead, they just get a load of acetic acid and just mix it with some other chemicals, and bam, chip shop vinegar. There you go. You see, you say that's the boring fact of the week, but seeing as this podcast is based in Britain, ninety-nine percent of our listeners are going to go, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Because it's yeah, legally chippy dinner. Yeah. Legally, they can't have vinegar on the bottles. They can't advertise it as vinegar because it isn't. So if that's why, like, if you make yes. your chips at home and you use your own salt and vinegar, it doesn't taste like chip shops. That's wow, why. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's clearly why they put it in those clear plastic squeezy bottles and not a bottle mm. that says vinegar on it because they're yeah, not allowed. Yeah, they've just got like a big vat of acid around the back and they just <laughs> ladle into those bottles. <laughs> you said, okay, I, I read this the other week as we obviously start to go wildly off topic immediately as we always do, but... Classic. A classic. I read the other week that there were so many different ingredients in Subway bread, it wasn't legally bread. Which oh I just thought God. was fucking fantastic. That How is, is it ridiculous. not bread? How is, it's just isn't crazy. It like, isn't it technically cake or something like that? Did I read? It, yeah, it was something ridiculous. Like it's because it's, it's, it's not sugar, bread. isn't it? Or... Yeah. Yes, it was something like that. It was actually classed as something else. It's not legally bread in Subway. Plus, there's the fact that if you get a Subway six incher and you actually peel the bread open, there's a layer of jam and cream in the middle. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that is why. true. Yeah. I also didn't realise as well that the most unhealthy thing you could get from any fast food establishment was a Italian meatball Subway sandwich. As in terms oh. of calories and fat content, it was the most unhealthiest thing you could get from any uh, takeaway place in England. That which does is... not surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, me neither. Me neither. Oh, on the subject of takeaways, can I just say fuck Taco Bell? Personally, I know we're ruining <gasps> our sponsorship opportunities with them, but I have been super hyped for the past few months, that Taco Bell is opening up around the corner from me. Like, literally, five minutes walk from my house. I was like, oh my god, it's like a big, really well-known American fast food chain that's not in Britain, or has been in Britain very recently, and it's coming here, and it's on my doorstep, and it's Mexican food. It's not just (laughs) another, like, boring burgers and chips. Fuck me, it's the most disappointed I have been with food (laughs) in years. Like, literally, they opened up for the first week, they only did delivery. They didn't do drive through they didn't do eating in a restaurant, they just did delivery. I got a little range of stuff. The tacos were supposed to be crunchy, they were soggy. The uh, the burritos were alright, 
I'll, I'll let them have that. The quesadilla, the chicken quesadilla, was literally, you got a wrap, put a bit of melted cheese on, three pieces of chicken, and then folded it over. And that's what it was. And it was cold. And they forgot my fucking drink. And <laughs> they just bags everything up. Nothing's in boxes, nothing's in packaging. That's fine. That's, like, environmentally friendly. But don't put all the stuff loose in the bags, tie like wrap the bags up because I opened a big bag and inside there's chips in my uh, my churros that I got all mixed together. So these like spicy chips mixed with the cinnamony churros and the toffee sauce was just <laughs> everywhere. It was the most <laughs> disappointing I've been. And then I took the kids the other day because they've also been looking forward to it. And I said, "You're going to be disappointed." And they're like, "No, no, it's fine." And they, they were so sad. <laughs> they were like, I oh, think this isn't tastes like crap. <laughs> I'm not sure how many American podcasts you guys listen to, but the, the the joke is is that Taco Bell is traditionally horrible to get, but people and people know that in America they know that it's kind of trash food, but some of them just like it now and again and just can't resist. So yeah. it's good to see that they're actually bringing that over here. They exactly, haven't changed yeah. their ways or <laughs> made any improvements to it. We're getting the full trash Taco Bell service, which is good. What What I don't understand, though, is Taco Bell's supposed to be like really spicy and make you shit your pants. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. It's not spicy. And I don't know if they've done that because it's for the British market. Where I was going to like say... Potentially bland yeah. tastes. They've but, blanded yeah. it up for our soft English palates because we can't handle spice. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous! It is awful, but I'll probably go back again because, like you say, it's it's close and it's cheap food. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. But it's cheap, not easy trash. Because uh, drum roll. Oh, there you go. You can kind of hear that. I've done two out of my three runs this week for my count nice. to five k. There we go. Let's uh, go and on. since Monday, I've not had more than two thousand calories in my diet every day. Which is big for me. Yeah. And no pastry, no bread, no potatoes, no pasta, no cakes, wow. no biscuits, no crisps, nice. nothing like that. That's all just gone. Uh, admittedly, I did have eight sausages for my tea, but I'm still within my calorie limit. <laughs> and I've got like loads of vegetables and other stuff. But yeah, going like that kind of lazy keto way, I'm feeling so much better already. It's ridiculous. Very like nice. just haven't gone for two jogs and not eaten a load of stodge. Oh, I'm really chuffed. But there we go. I thought I'd give a little update because we did talk about it last week, uh, and I uh, I did give you Danny permission to pressure me, but you've not pressured me at all. I've been very disappointed. Well, no, <laughs> no I thought I swear I swear I thought I'm going to see if he mentions it on this week's show, <laughs> and if he doesn't, <laughs> I'm going to say something. Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> You maybe get to Monday and go, ah, he'll never remember. Fuck it. But I did. <laughs> but, you did but you did it. So it's fine. It's fine. So I don't, see, at the moment, I don't need to badge you. We need to um, shout like um, aggressive uh, motivational slogans at Adam while he was doing these runs. Preferably like in German as well, just to make sure oh, he really gets it through that we're, we're, we're pressuring him to be the best man he can be. Yesterday evening, I ran past the local kids that like my, my son and daughter play with. So the I ones that call them. you Peter. No, no, it's a different load. <laughs> the, these ones don't know yet. <laughs> but they did shout, run, forest, run at me. And I felt very chill. <laughs> like one of them took the mick out of my running like I was waddling really fast because that's how I was running. <laughs> and the other one yelled, run, forest. And I was like, yep, yeah, spot on. Good kids. They've, they've been teaching them well. Like that kid, he's probably like eight years old. So never watched Forrest Gump, doesn't know what he's say. referencing, just knows that if you see fat guy running past, you shout, run, Forrest, run at them. Fucking love it. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way these kids have seen Forrest Gump. Exactly. Absolutely. I watched it the other day, and I was like, I don't remember hardly any of this film. But there's no way like a kid that's the age, similar age to your children have ever seen Forrest Gump, unless, unless their parents are like massive Tom Hanks fans. There's no way. Yeah. So yeah, they've, they've been taught to mock people by shouting that at them. Yeah, but not knowing the context behind it. But it, exactly. it's it's like the headbanging bit from Wayne's World, isn't it? When you're listening to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and it gets to the big break 
where it goes up, Beelzebub, and it goes into the big guitar lick, everyone bangs their head. Like, even if you've never seen Wayne's World, you do it because other people do it. And those people might only be doing it because, like, their dad did it. It's just one of those weird cultural things that spread around everyone. I love it. I, lo- I love, like, seeing little kids do that with Bohemian Rhapsody because, like, you don't know why you're doing this. Two things on you running. The first one is that's why I always run with headphones in. Oh, I, I did. just know. Oh, no. I, yeah, okay. We need to turn the music up then because I, I can't hear a single person, which is probably why one day I will get stabbed on the way on while running <laughs> or something because I won't hear the person running up behind me. Um, because I can't be doing with that either. It just pisses me off. I'm just, all right, I'm fucking whatever. I'm just running. Who cares? Whatever. But, uh, and the second thing is, fun fact, Forrest Gump, one of the few pieces of entertainment that's always guaranteed to make me cry. I cry really? every time I watch it. Yeah. Uh, every time bit? at the end, uh, it's at the end when he looks at it. Because you wonder through the whole film, you wonder, is Forrest uh, just not as quick as everyone else? Or is he sort of quote unquote stupid? And at yeah. the end, when he says about his son, he goes, is he smart or is he... And he yeah. kind of points at himself. Like, and I always go, like oh my God, he knows! <laughs> like that, and I can't take it. I can't take it every time. I've, I've seen that. I must have watched that film. Fifth. That's one of those films that if it's on TV and I'm flicking around at two o'clock in the morning and it's on, I'm like, well, I'm watching this for the rest of the night because <laughs> it's Forrest Gump. I have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> every single time he says, is he smart or is he... And he points at himself. And I think, oh God, he knows. And I just crumble <laughs> every single time. <laughs> Man. It's so quick, cool. uh, quick, question, quick question regarding Forrest Gump because again yeah. I, I, I caught it on TV the other day and it's been a long while since I've seen it and I had a discussion with Blossom about it um, the other day Jenny dies of AIDS in Forrest Gump didn't she? Yeah Yes. Yeah, that is what kills her. I was like, I thought like I was being mad. I was like, no, that's, she dies of what they call the time an unknown disease or like a, a mysterious disease, which I always assumed was AIDS, but. Again, because I was so young when I saw younger when I saw it, and I wasn't like as in tune to history as I might well be now. I wasn't one hundred percent sure, but thank you for confirming that for me. I feel no. vindicated. It, the, the weird thing, though, is it actually connects to another Tom Hanks film, which is Philadelphia. That's is right. Is that that the the transmission was between the two of them? It's really strange. This woman just had a thing for Tom Hanks. Yeah. So she that's slept right. with the the Tom Hanks from Philadelphia. Yeah. Really strange. But on that note, what would you say is the best Tom Hanks film? I, I, it's not recent, it's Forrest Gump. My favourite Tom Hanks <laughs> film is Forrest Gump. I, okay. I love it with all my heart. I think it's fantastic. Okay. Um, I, I, I have a similar reaction uh, to Masters with uh, the ending of Toy Story 3, so I'm going to go with that. Where at oh. the end they're um, about to go into the incinerator and they all hold hands. I absolutely, I died. During that moment, I was like, "These toys—they're actually <laughs> going to kill all of these toys." So yeah, Toy Story three. Have you seen that prank video where someone edited that scene <laughs> in Toy Story three, and they they watched it with their mum for the first time? And when it got to that bit, and they like all hold hands and Woody closes his eyes, they edited it so it faded to black, and then the credits rolled. <laughs> <laughs> Mum was in absolute tears. <laughs> it was, oh, that it's is the harsh. cruelest button. Oh, it's so funny to watch. Uh, personally, I'd go for Polar Express because there's I like se- seven Tom Hanks in that. He, play- he plays like every <laughs> single role practically. And I, th- I think that's fantastic. It is very creepy, like the Uncanny Valley with the... Uh, uh, the kind of the motion tracking of the bodies and that weird kind of animation in their dead, dead faces. Just the sheer joy the kids get from it. it it's just catchy. And it's like, okay, yeah, we'll watch that film. We'll get some hot chocolates and we'll get the sofa bed out. We'll all lay on it and watch this film. Even if it's like the middle of summer. <laughs> it's just a great <laughs> yeah. family film. I wasn't... Um... Going to give you credit for running, Adam, as you deserve, because it's a hard thing to start off. It's always the hardest thing to start, but we also should be saying well done to somebody else. And that somebody else is young Freya Dorinda Bentman, who's now found out how to make raspberry noises with her mouth (laughs) and is making farty noises with her face and making herself chuckle. And it's one of the best things ever. 
Oh my god, that I, I a... saw that video tonight while I was shopping in Tesco, and I literally squealed. I went, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when she started doing it, it was the cutest thing. The thing that gets me is how proud of herself she looks when she does it. She's like, like she looks like <laughs> I've done this thing, and everyone's well impressed with me. So yay! Oh, she should be proud. I can't believe like how old she is now. Oh, it's mad. <laughs> Yeah, she just turned four months uh, while we were off on while I was off on my uh, my backyard holiday. She's oh, starting man. to look like Blossom as well now. She's starting to oh. take on the features of you both, and now I think, oh yeah, now I can tell she looks just like Blossom. Oh, she definitely yeah. does just look like Blossom. I can't see myself in her at all. I, I, I know that's me being like possibly being like defeatist about it, but I, I look at her and I just see like a little version of Blossom and Blossom's dad. Um, a couple of weeks or like a month or so ago got some old pictures of Blossom like when she was of a similar age and she looks exactly the same. Like there's the only time where Freya looked a little bit like me was when she was first born. But because she had like the really dark hair like I did when I was born. But now like she's just Blossom through and through. She's got all my bad habits. Like she snores and <laughs> has bogeys up her nose. But yeah, that's right. That's what it should be with a dad and a daughter. Yeah. They look like the mum, but then they start to take on traits of the daughter. Case in point, actually. So George's first day at school today, back after the summer holidays, and they are uh, talking about the Americas at school. So North and South America. So they said that they got put into groups, and one of them had to, uh, they had to, in their separate groups, draw flags of some <gasps> of the lesser known countries in North or South America. So I said, oh, what country did you get? I said, what country did you get? So, she couldn't remember, but we were going through them. She got Guyana. Now, for those of you who don't know, a famous cult called Jonestown uh, actually settled, or sorry, run by Jim Jones, actually settled in Guyana. And then it led me into a five-minute story to Georgia about how this guy took all these people to Guyana and then made them all commit mass suicide. (laughs) So that was my evening, (laughs) teaching Georgia about Guyana. Oh, the, these are the common crops and and export materials that are found in Guyana. <laughs> it's no, they, it's a haven for suicide cults. <laughs> yeah, no, it's about Jim Jones and how he started off as a nice guy and then became completely evil and mental at the end. But yeah, but dude, she's going to learn all that at school. I'm giving her the behind the scenes story of Guyana. <laughs> yeah, and I that's kind true. of said. I kind of said to her, I want you to go back to your teacher tomorrow and say, isn't that where Jim Jones set up? Just to see what she does. <laughs> you, <laughs> you've, taught, you've taught Georgia that Guyana is the Kool-Aid capital of the world. It wasn't Kool-Aid, Benny. It was grape juice, okay? That's a common misconception. Grape juice, not Kool-Aid. No, it was grape-flavoured Kool-Aid, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it wasn't Kool-Aid. That's the thing. Everyone thinks it was Kool-Aid, but it wasn't. Oh, so I've been so told. really, if you're in a cult and someone offers you Kool-Aid, you should drink it then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Drink the Kool-Aid. It's all fine. Drink the Kool-Aid. It's fine. Don't drink the grape soda. That's yeah. very bad. All right. <laughs> Homework for okay. you boys this week. A fascinating yes. topic. Because this is something I've talked about many times, I am fascinated by what attracts people to other people. Regardless of your sexual preference or your, uh, you know, if you're gay, straight, bisexual, <coughs> whatever. I'm always fascinated why I can... I've said it before... I can show three people of the same sexual choice a picture of somebody and they'll give me three different answers. One can say, not bad. One will say, oh, wow, yeah. Or the other one will go, oh, disgusting. I, I just love it. I don't understand it. And we talked about our first kind of crushes and people that made you realize, oh, okay, I like that thing. So, of course, we're all heterosexual guys. So I wanted to find out from you two, and I think it's a good and interesting conversation, mm-hmm. who was the first non-white female girl woman that you thought oh okay yes i am also interested in this as well and um, <laughs> i'll start off go on thing, I, you know i kind of uh because i've got two and they were both around the same time and I, so i couldn't quite remember which which one was first my first and i'm sure many people of my age will understand this as uh, what led them to finding asian women attractive and it was cassandra from wayne's world okay yeah yeah, nice. I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, when Wayne Caesar and Dreamweaver starts playing, I had that exact feeling. <laughs> I was just mesmerized. Tia Carrera, absolutely mesmerized by her. I thought she was just, oh God, just blew me away. Blew me away. I thought she was stunning. And then 
my other one, and oh, this kind of leads on to a different thing, but we'll, we'll talk. We can talk about that another time. But Georgia has recently discovered the Fresh Prince of Bel Air because mm-hmm. it was on. It was on Sky one night, and Sarah was watching it uh, just to kill half an hour. So George said, "Oh, what's this?" So we explained the story and how that's Will Smith, and oh yeah, I've heard of Will Smith and all this kind of thing. And yeah, Hillary from the Fresh yeah. Prince. Yeah, absolutely. Again, she. I don't know if it was because she was that kind of. I don't know if it was just because the way she looked, or she was that kind of. She played like this ditzy, kind of silly, goofy, and I thought that was kind of cute. That kind of like that kind of silly kind of character. And I don't know if it was yeah. that that attracted me or what it was, but yeah. I, uh, so I Cassandra from suggest, Hillary. I, I was going to suggest that maybe you liked her because like she was also kind of like a stuck-up character, and maybe you thought that you'd never like she'd never stoop as low to be a view, yeah. which made you want her more. <laughs> Like a, a modern-day Lady Chatterley's lover. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be Hillary's weekend bit of rough, but she'll never call me ever again. <laughs> that's it. I just get one weekend and that's it. Done forever. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Go on, Adam. Who's yours? Okay, right. 1990. Okay, so I was around eight years old. Jonathan Ross presented on Channel 4 a series of films, uh, Chinese films, all, all filmed in Hong Kong. Uh, and they've all got some kind of like spooky element to them. So it's films like A Chinese Ghost Story and the film I'm talking about, Mr. Vampire, which is, I cannot recommend it enough. It, it's a comedy film. It's got horror elements. It's got people like punching people and flipping off beams uh, to avoid vampires, people holding a breath so the vampires don't detect them. It's just hilarious all the way through. Really funny characters. In this film, there are two female characters. One played by Moon Lee, who is kind of like a a socialite, the innocent female love interest. And then there's a woman called Pauline Wong. And she plays a ghost who kind of seduces, but then falls in love with one of the main male characters. Part of that is, like, him trying to resist her kind of advances and her essentially kind of hypnotising him with magic and, like, Mm -hmm. haunted food. So he's, like, slightly out of it. And there's one scene where she, like, basically opens this white ghostly robe and he floats towards her and she kind of wraps the robe around him and then they start making out. And to me... As an eight-year-old, I was like, this this is something I'd like to do. <laughs> I I like <laughs> the idea of being dragged into a massive cuddle by, like, big mommy milkers, <laughs> <laughs> even if it was a ghost. <laughs> but obviously, with Moon Lee as well, she, she had this kind of, like, young, innocent face and kind of looked, not my age, obviously, but she looked like more of a teenager, like older teenager. And that, to me, as an eight-year-old, that was like, wow, she's old, but also she isn't. So I could possibly relate to her. The look, the the dark hair, the eyes, the lips, the, the way that they acted, and the fact that they were not speaking English as well, which added kind of a, a sense of mystery. Like, I don't know what you're saying at all. And so it's like, I, I need to work that out. So I'd really have to pay attention to him, like, look you in your eyes and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So stupid. But yeah, I, I crush over them even now, <laughs> even like the age they are now, like 30 odd years later. I always thought I always thought Moon Lee was that she had that kind of girl next door about her yes and that was i always thought she was really cute as well and i thought that i could i could imagine her just living next door and we'd walk to school together in the morning or something and i'd have i'd have this crush on her for like 10 years but i'd never have the courage to tell her because she was just yeah. too nice and then her <laughs> older sister played by pauline wong would know this and she would tease you and she would like <laughs> you'd be like walking to the bathroom and her bedroom door would be open and she'd be in a state of undress and then see you and know <laughs> And just carry on. <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> now, all right. Now I know. Okay, I'm okay. To a fanfic like before. Man, yeah. yeah. That, that's, As Adam that's has to quickly run for on. a cold shower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Benny, why don't you? Why don't you tell us yours, Benny? <laughs> I mean, Adam's is so like in depth and like um, 
like on point. I feel, I feel like I'm going to underwhelm a bit. But when we um, going back to the, the previous podcast where we talked about the, it was the first person that made you realize, oh, I like women, and or made made me realize that I liked the gender that I liked. Um, I mentioned uh, from the WWF, Sunny, and now. She had that next girl next door look, which you mentioned, like the, like the sort of one that you could all, oh, you know, hang out with. She'd and then eventually um, seduce you into doing the naughty thing. Um, similar, similar to the film Girl Next Door. Um, although we would learn in the future that Sunny um, is a massive drug whore who does dirty, dirty pornos. <laughs> um, so like sticking to the world of wrestling, you know. Fit, I, I feel that I, at, the, at the time I'm thinking, oh, you know, there's only white women for me. I don't know anything else. And then a certain female wrestler who I have posted in the um, in the Discord uh, by the name of uh, Jacqueline Moore appears. Uh, she is now the complete polar opposite of this woman. Uh, she is, um, well, she is black. Uh, she is ripped to pieces. And she has the massive boobies. And suddenly, ten-year-old Benny is seeing things in a completely different light. And basically, what that's done is started a uh, a new wave of uh, feelings in me, where I am attracted to women who I'm sure can beat me up. So, Jacqueline Moore, Blossom, yeah, all all of them. The only awkward <laughs> yeah. thing was that Jacqueline is my mum's name, so it kind of made it a bit, a bit awkward <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah, I was about so, to say, is it is it the the presence of the big mummy milkers? Because <laughs> that certainly was the, well be the, the thing for me with Pauline. But then, when when you're talking about oh, that's also my mum's name, you probably don't want to think about the big <laughs> mummy. No. Do you? Uh, are you a big fan of Jade Cargill then, Benny? Current oh, AEW wrestler. Absolutely incredible, Jade Cargill. Again, she I could snap my neck. Yeah. She could snap my neck like a twig. Yeah, I've got to say, there's a definite, there's a definite submissive fantasy in there for most men. I think with Jade Cargill, <laughs> absolutely, and, yeah, definitely. Jacqueline was mad as well because, like, the a lot of the stories were was that Jacqueline would fight anybody as well. Mm-hmm. She was tough as shit. She did yeah. not. I think she was something. She was like five foot one or something, but she would regularly get into fights with people and <laughs> beat the shit out of them because she was tough as hell. <laughs> As you mentioned, I guess that's what you like. You like to be yeah. sort of punched now and again, Benny, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to be taught a lesson. That's the, that's the, that's the thing we've got going here. There's, there's been way too much sharing on this podcast. <laughs> this is terrifying. The podcast. Uh, we, we've always meant. We've always said this podcast is catharsis, and now I'm sharing this with you all. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Is, is this um, our first after after dark episode? <laughs> <laughs> You're only allowed to listen to this podcast after the watershed, I'm afraid, folks. Yeah, put the kids, put the kids to bed. Put yeah. some candles on and enjoy yourself to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, we should quickly, and maybe Adam as well. Actually, we should quickly be afforded a little time to geek out about the return of CM Punk to professional wrestling. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Shit, dude. Uh, I I feel like um, a lot of people. I mean, again, we turned into a wrestling podcast like we were two weeks ago. I feel like the, the, the departure of CM Punk from the WWE seven years ago was the, the turning point for a lot of people where they switched off because like, he was like the last interesting thing in mainstream wrestling. And yeah, me, I certainly I'd think that, that list. Yeah, sure. yeah I, I certainly think that to me as well. Like him leaving is what turned me on to looking at. Um, the Japanese side of wrestling and other things. I went from WWE to TNA, and then from TNA, I was like, "Oh, hold on, this is this is guys in Japan doing incredible things. I should watch that." And that's how I got introduced to yourself and Sven. That's how we became friends. And now, like, he's made us return to suddenly like a proper buzz in the air, which I'm really excited for. I mean, I'm not going to pay for the pay per view, but I'll certainly watch it at some point. I mean, I got yeah, to, I think surely. There's- there's a there's a really good free podcast called the Voices of Wrestling podcast, and the two guys who do that show are just I mean just fans. Kind of one of the inspirations for me doing this show and my hockey show is it's just fans talking about things they enjoy and things they do, and I I kind of like that style. And they made a great point that CM Punk going to AEW is like the godfather of that promotion finally getting there. Because in a lot of ways, he was responsible for that mm-hmm. turnaround of, oh, maybe actually indie wrestlers are really good and we should be looking at them. 
<laughs> not just taking the biggest hulking guys we can find who have got a great tan and massive arms because he was never that. And it's a... Uh, like I don't know how familiar you are with like the indie scene now, Benny, but it's it's weird. Like it's kind of been revitalized in the past sort of six months. The indie scene was terrible. The independent wrestling scene was terrible, mm. and now all of a sudden you've got guys like Daniel Garcia and oh, there's lo- there's loads of guys, but he's the first one that comes to mind that people already know. Going, oh okay, here's the new set of guys coming along, and he's mm. he's got a match. Uh, CM Punk's got a match against Darby Allen, and they're very similar. And Darby mm. Allen's that kind of guy who. Like a lot of the guys like him because you know, he skateboards and he's cool and he's got wacky face paint and a lot of the girls like him and the young kids like him because he kind of doesn't fit in but he does. He's made a name for himself and yeah. I think I, uh, I, th- I think Punk said it best when he like did the, the did the thing. He said like when he was if he was like young, Darby Allen would be his favorite wrestler and I kind of tend to yeah. agree. Yeah. Like like fifteen year old Benny would be like a huge Darby Allen fan. Just like fifteen year old Benny was like a big Jeff Hardy fan. That's, that's exactly like that's that's the logical progression from that. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a great point. It's a weird it's a weird scene to be involved in. It's I've always said, like, being a wrestling fan is you have to I don't know if it's still the same, but when I was growing up it just had to be a dirty little secret that you just kind of kept to yourself unless, unless somebody slipped up at one point and then you could go, Oh, Oh, you're a wrestling fan. Okay, thank God. Okay, we can talk then. That's okay then. Because <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna beat me up or laugh at me for liking wrestling. <laughs> and it's still this. It's still kind of the same now. I guess I don't know. I'm not sure if AW's making it more legitimate or kind of more uh, back more, into more the mainstream. Mainstream I, mainstream, I think, is the right word for it. Because when, yeah. when again, when when we like first started talking, we were deep in the the Japanese wrestling hole. Um, again, I, I felt like I was being like that kind of like hipster like edgy guy which um which again i still think i i think we were a little bit because like oh i i went to watch this this mainstream thing that's on sky sports i I want to i want to broaden my horizons and look and look at something else so that's that's exactly the how i how i thought about it back in like 2013 and then it just so happens that i found guy found like performers on there which i was absolutely like in entranced by and now like the, the ones that i specifically like have moved on they've retired essentially semi semi retired essentially and then they've been replaced by newer as exciting guys yeah definitely if you're listening to this wondering why the hell Sorry, do you like wrestling no but it oh, is yeah. a very simple <laughs> just hey yeah whatever you fucking love monoro <laughs> suzuki don't pretend you don't um if you wondering why we like it or why people kind of get so heavily invested in it it's just the same as why you like a certain tv show or a certain movie yes we all know it's fake nobody thinks what they're doing is really really real but there's an athletic competition to it and when it's and the issue is as well do you know what it is is that people will see something that's fucking awful and think that wrestling fans just love everything about it we don't nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans i can't i can't stress that enough nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans we will pick at the stupidest thing if anything looks unrealistic or silly or stupid it just makes us furious we don't sit there clapping along like we're three years old thinking oh my god he really punched him in the face <laughs> because we know that that's not what it is it's you know we you know it's just a it is just a show it's an, an entertainment product that's all it is yeah. Yeah. and it's the same it's- as watching a it's like like when people ask me about it and I say, oh, did you watch the latest Fast and the Furious? Oh, yeah. Okay, so did you really think those cars were flying through those buildings? And they go, no. And I'm like, right, exactly. It's the same thing. I don't really think those guys hate each other. I know that they don't. I'm just watching a show. It's it's as basic as that. Yeah, it's like watching uh, an episode of EastEnders if Bob Windsor suddenly like pile-drived uh, Pat into <laughs> the bar. I'd watch that. Uh, and then like... Got up Put on that top into of the my bar veins. and basically did like a flying elbow drop on uh, Doc Cotton's head because of a disagreement. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> that. It's drama, but with that added like, holy shit, can you believe they can do that type of thing? That's what I like about <laughs> the wrestling. Uh, there, there are some wrestling matches where it is just dull as fuck to watch or it is so <laughs> obviously fake. Like like that one where we were talking about the uh, a wrestler recently, and I said, right, I'll 
didn't recognize her name, so I had a look on one of her videos. And the her and this other woman wrestling, and it, it looked like uh, an, a village hall amateur dramatics <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan play compared to when you've already seen like uh, a musical on Broadway. It was like comparing those two. And it was just god awful. I was like, why why is this why is she like on this stage with all of these other genuine athletes who are really good at their job? Is it just because of the mommy milkers? Or is it because <laughs> of some other factor that I, I'm not aware of? And that's not to say that, you know, women wrestlers full full stop are uh, irrelevant. They're not at all. There are some fantastic women wrestlers. But this particular one was just god awful. It, it was some of the worst wrestling I've seen in years. I don't watch a lot, but there we go. Hot take. <laughs> well, and you're asking a you're asking a question about women wrestling, and to not not that you're making this point, but Britt Baker, DMD, is one of the most over wrestlers in the world at the moment. She is a, a female wrestler from Pittsburgh. If you get a chance, folks. If the if the inclination so would grab you, check out Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Unbelievable, just unbelievable what those girls put themselves through. <laughs> and I, I, I struggle watching women's wrestling because I get scared for them because they're just not you. There's not as much meat on them to take as much punishment as the guys do. So when a female wrestler goes over a ladder, I'm just I just cringe if they land on a ladder or if they land on a table or if they hit themselves the wrong way or something or they crash onto the floor i just panic because i just think oh my god you're going to be out injured for like six months here because <laughs> there's just not enough meat on you to take this kind of punishment but yeah but yeah shout out fucking brit baker absolutely unbelievable at the moment she is on a tear i i, I just 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 to finish off sorry um I, i'm on the complete opposite spectrum whereas i need a bunch of um female nick gages in my life like hitting <laughs> each other with uh, like tubes and uh Pizza clothes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> give me, give me female Nick Gage. I'm all about that. No, but to be fair though, all of the women wrestlers are of a certain look, right? Whereas male wrestlers, you get people like Mick Foley, okay, who is who looks like he has done what he's done, which is repeatedly been punched yes. in the face several times yes. and like have been rolling <laughs> around in barbed wire and broken glass. I want to see women wrestlers like that as well, who are immensely like sized and proportioned, and in like a dirty sh- sh- shirt and pants, and just undertaking the speak my language. Exactly. That that's what I would like to see from a women wrestler. Yes. Uh, from women wrestlers is to cut down on that that glamorization of it, where they're essentially like. Playboy bunnies who are fighting over Hugh Hefner's will. <laughs> that's, that's not what I want to see. It is, to be fair, it is a lot better now than it used to be. It really is compared to how it used to be. the The women wrestling, the female wrestling scene is a lot better now, and there are a lot more varied characters. I don't know if you. I'm sure you, you watched that Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match, didn't you? Oh yeah, where there was yeah. blood, blood everywhere, and thought, yeah, okay, so. That is Nick. Like Britt Baker does not look like your stereotypical female wrestler. Neither does Thunder Rosa. No. The, like Nyla Rose, Jamie Hater. They are. There are differences, but and, and but then the issue is it's kind of that there are just more male wrestlers, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same thing. Like I understand what you said about Mick Foley, but he was kind of an exception. Like all the guys at that time, you could argue that they were fulfilling the same sort of predetermined look as a so-called glamorous female wrestler, like The Rock, Triple H, Steve Austin, all massively built guys with six-packs. The Undertaker, yeah. really tall. Or not in the face. That That's what I'm on about. Is, like, no one would say Steve Austin is, like, a pinnacle of, like, oh, yeah, we're just going to watch it just so we can watch Steve Austin, his beautiful <laughs> face and body. They they have that because that's expected of the the ability for what they can do, not necessarily as a glamorization. But I think with when it comes to the female wrestlers, certainly from my awareness, like of the past, it's more been about like having a ring girl in a boxing match. It's that 
all right, we're having a break from the actual fight. Let's let's watch some pretty young things in action. Uh, get a bit worked up, and then we'll have the men back on in a minute. That that type of like seedy working club sexism type of thing. It, it's just yeah, it it's not good. And I think yeah, you're right. Certainly, there are people who are coming into it who have that skill and ability and aren't necessarily there for the glamorization. Like what they wear is equivalent to what male wrestlers wear. Uh, for the most part, so that side of things. But there are certainly still a lot of elements within that, again, because it's a very male-dominated thing, it's a very male audience and demographic-driven, so they will cater for that in the wrong way. I think that that's what's been happening. I think you got a fair point. I think that's a fair point. You're, um, you're, you're right in so in, is in the fact that there is a... How can I say it? Yeah, no, I just think, yeah, that's it. You you are right. There is a kind of, you do need to look a certain way. And like Benny said, I would love a female Nick Gage <clears throat> to just come out and just start wrecking fools with light tubes and pizza cutters and cheese graters and all that kind of stuff. Just fucking yeah. shit up. It'd be Honestly, awesome. Nothing I, would make I've me said happier. for the... It's what? Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> yeah. I've said for the longest time, I would love a, a group of male wrestlers who are led by a female but she's a complete cow, and she's, yeah. there's nothing redeemable about her. She's completely horrible to them, but she just leads them along because they're weak. They're the weak ones. I've what this. It was kind of like a Benny. I don't know if you remember the Jimmy and La- Jimmy Jacobs Lacey storyline in Ring of Honor, but something like that, where this male wrestler would just do anything for this woman because he was in love with her, and she just mm. treated him like shit. I would love something like that, <laughs> just like this really like a really I powerful f- woman. Just I fucking, feel like I would be in that group. <laughs> I was going to say, but again, I was going to say, just describing Benny's fantasy. You potentially go into that that the alternate side of sexism, where it's uh, a woman. Oh, she's in power. She's got dominance over men. Oh well, she's fucking ugly and like she can't wrestle. She doesn't have any skills. She is just there to be shown as like, boo, aren't women bad? She's bullying the men who are good. That type of thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this that way. It could just be someone who, like, you'd see in the cute of the playground, <laughs> you know, like, just a mum-type figure who can wrestle, but isn't, like, seen as some, like, old hag. There is... <laughs> I didn't say... No, I didn't but, say she'd have to be an old hag. No, I was just saying... Like, she, you could imagine <laughs> that, with that sexism, they would make her look like Large Marge out of the Pee Wee Herman film. <laughs> she's just this big fat old woman who's like constantly yelling at them uh, and is a bit of a redneck. No, no, no. That's not what I meant because the Jimmy Jacobs Lacey storyline wasn't that. Okay. Lacey was this Lacey was this younger girl who had this hold over this guy and he was just upset and she wasn't she was in shape, she was athletic, she was you know, she was always seen to be very clever. Uh, yeah, it was never yeah, it wasn't like what you're describing. That's the, but that's why I'm. That's what I would want. I would want yeah. like a smart, attractive woman. But she knew how to use herself sexually. Like I said before, I have no issue with women using themselves sexually because they know if they can use it to their advantage. Fucking good for you. If you <clears throat> if you can use your sexuality to get ahead because some fucking loser will accept it. Great, fucking do it. I think yeah, it's awesome. But but Dan, why why can't they just do it because they respect her because of her business acumen. Or the fact that she might speak, like, three different languages and she's just a nice person. Why does it have to be she's using her sexual part of her being in well, that because, way? Like, because, like we've discussed, we're talking about fantasies here, Adam, so I think we've just... Uh... <laughs> no, no, it's true. <laughs> well, maybe that's my fantasy. It's just a well Well, there you go, woman. though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey. This is the thing. Women's revolution. You can have both. Why not? Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good point. You know, why not just have a woman who's just incredibly fucking smart and clever? And the guys think, if I team up with her, I can make way more money because yeah. she's clever. That's a, yeah. yeah. And obviously, in my Vince fantasy McMahon. land, <laughs> yeah, in, the, in my fantasy land, the idea is afterwards is that she beats me up while she sort of flirts with me because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> I did want to quickly mention, Adam, that we've both been playing a game recently, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I'm also playing Fallout Four. Oh, are and you? I know, and I know you have been on your streams, yeah. I gotta yeah. say, 
I was never a massive Fallout fan. Yeah. I played Fallout 3 a little bit, but fucking credit to Bethesda, who I know take a lot of shit now and again. Fallout 4 is an unbelievable game. To make oh, that game so is good. unbelievable. All the things you can do, and all the storylines, the way it moves and twists and turns and the, the layout and the, the city, and it's a fucking miracle. I don't know how they've done it. <laughs> I, I am so surprised that you get, you like that too, game. I, yeah. It's not something I'd expect you to like at all. I I never... I've got a, um, a PlayStation Now subscription, which I've picked up recently, okay. and I just thought... I need to start trying other games. Yeah. So I thought, I've not played Fallout. I, I played Fallout 3 for a little bit, like I said. Picked up 4. The second I found out you could start building your own bases, I was thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm in. They fucking got me here. And once they got me with that, then I got really into the storylines. and doing, I'm, like, I'm doing side missions and everything. I am yeah. fully going all in with this. And I've got... I'm not sure how to check how many hours I've got on it, but it's a lot. I've, I've played on it every day since I first downloaded it about a month ago. Oh, it's wow. Great. It's absolutely... Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I love it. How how far in the main story are you? Oh, like really far in. I'm okay. up to the um, I'm up to the institute section. So yeah. I found out the sp- I found out the spoiler, which I won't say here. Yeah. Oh, um, how did you feel when you came out after killing Kellogg, and you were on the roof, and that massive fucking blimp comes in? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was just sat agog. <laughs> and I just kind of said, That's oh my God, like that. And George went, what? And I said, you're not going to believe what I've just seen. Dude, it was like the first time I saw a um, a Deathclaw out in the wild <laughs> after that first section. Because you, you jump down yep. off the helicopter with the minigun, don't you? And you take one on. Yeah. And I didn't realize, oh, sorry, no. Or the Myalurk Queen when you get to the castle. Oh, God, and you can, yes. Yeah, you have to take the <laughs> castle. And this thing's coming out of the world. I'm thinking... That thing's really big. I was like, oh my God, it's fucking huge. <laughs> it took me like an hour to kill it. I'm fucking throwing landmines down, grenades, laser guns, everything. And everything I can at this thing. But yeah, that blimp, that blimp thing was insane. I was like, oh my God. Oh, it is, it is but it's the been a- best thing. Like I, I've obviously, I've played all the way through it. And I've been yeah. uh, playing it with some mods. Uh, and unfortunately on a PS4, because Sony are a bit dickish, you can't do too many mods on the game. Yeah, yeah. But one of the best ones that I've got is basically turns all of the uh, the like the feral ghouls into zombies, so they move a lot oh, slower. That's cool. And hmm. the only way you can really damage them is by shooting them in the head. So just like in Walking Dead or any other zombie film or TV show, like you can hit them loads, and it will slowly reduce their health, but you really want to kill them, got to shoot them in the head. And it just like adds that. so much to the game. Like, especially when you see this huge, like, swarm of them all coming through in the supermarket. And you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> There's like five in a row, and I've only got a few bullets left. Oh, it's such a good game. Have you got any of the DLC for it? Is that available on PS now? Do you know what? I've not even checked. I'm just playing through the main thing at the moment. So I'll, I'll get through that and then see... If I fancy carrying it on, because oh, I'm... the DLC is amazing, uh, especially is the okay, new, okay. the Nuka World one, where you can basically become a raider and stop raiding settlements that you no built. Way. Like that, and then there's the Far Harbor one, which has the strongest enemy in the game called the Red Death, uh, and I won't yeah. say any more about it. But it is oh, what? It's so difficult. <laughs> it's so tough. Okay, yeah, that sounds fun already, actually. And I think I'm yeah, just enjoying yeah, the fact really that I can good. go around with a shit ton of guns and ammo and just blow shit up. I think I'm just... It's part of that as well. It's the uh, oh, the simple it's male brain part of me that's enjoying it. The big bit for me is another mod I've got is that you can carry anything. So, like, every location I've got, I come away with, like, 50 tin cans, bags of cement, <laughs> like, old lamps and stuff. <laughs> there's, like, there's not going to be anything left on the map. It's all going to be in my, in my pocket. <laughs> bookcases, TVs, yeah. just a, just a sack over your shoulder with a dollar sign on it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good right, man, then. good man. I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy hearing more about your exploits and uh, see what. You yeah, think I'll, I'll it, have yeah. to check on the. Um, I'll have to check on the stats and see how long I've been playing it for. Yeah, because I'd be interested to look at that. Because, like I say, it's been a lot. Yeah. Anyway, that point already, chaps. Adam, do you have a, a question for us? I do. I do. My 15-year-old son 
purchased a body pillow with an anime character without my permission. What do I do? Um, if your 15-year-old son has got the money to buy an anime um, body pillow, he can buy an body, uh, anime body pillow. Like you've, he's, over, he's either getting pocket money off of you, or he's got some sort of part-time job. He can buy whatever. If it's his money, he can buy whatever the fuck he wants with it. Yeah? Okay. I've never, I've never understood the... Like, the kind of... Do body pillows help or harm? That kind of... Like psychologically, because I've never really read up on it, because it's something that's obviously way past my time, kind of thing. Like body pillows being a thing. Yeah. I think if they if they've got something where they feel that need for comfort, but they can't maybe find a girlfriend or something, that maybe would a body pillow be a way for them to kind of ease into that? Very, it's a very small step, obviously, because it's not a real person, but that kind of feeling of well, if I start here maybe it'll somehow give me the confidence to then maybe move on to real people or something. I don't know. I know there's a thing of it, it getting too attached is is what would concern me. Yeah, I was going to say, could it delay parent? them doing things? Yeah, that's because a good thinking, point. Oh, I, I, re- I really want to work up the courage to talk to a girl, but I don't need to because I could just cuddle up to my waifu every night and that's fine. And then yeah. eventually they become an incel, and then they <laughs> go gun crazy in the middle of uh, like a quiet market town somewhere in England. Yeah, good point. I don't know. No. I, th- I don't I've, think. I... I think Benny's right. Like, if if your son has the money and buys something, there's not a lot you can do about that. Yeah, he's not old enough uh, to be an adult. But he's certainly old enough to have his own possessions and not necessarily ask you permission to buy stuff, mm-hmm. especially if it's with his own money. I would be concerned, though, if my son <laughs> suddenly turned up and he's got a fucking body pillow with a waifu on. <laughs> I certainly would. I would say, okay, let's take that cover off so we can give it a wash, see how often he <laughs> uses the body pillow then. I would, be, I would not be touching that thing. No fucking way. <laughs> No, but is it about the body pillow or is it about the waifu? That that would be my yeah, good query. Question. If it is just like I I sleep on my own, and some nights I like really kind of wrap the duvet around me, and like to the point where I can tuck it a bit in between my legs, and that's comforting. So I can see that there would be some comfort by like just a long pillow, but. Looking like an absolute weeb and nerd by having a waifu on it <laughs> would kill me, and I I could not allow my son to have one. Do you not think they're right? Like we said a million times, if there's any five words to take from this fucking podcast over the whole course it's gone so far, it's these five words I always say: being a teenager fucking sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I say it every time. And is there not something to that kind of? He might just be in a weird headspace at the moment and in five years just think, God, why did I do that? That was really fucking weird. I just wanted some company and couldn't get any company. I know loads of I know loads of stories of lads who like would fuck pillows or sit on chairs a certain way because it gave them a thrill, or because they're just so sexually frustrated and they can't they don't know what to do. They're all over yeah. the place. They might have you know greasy hair spots, whatever. That maybe this is just a way of kind of it's just comforting to me for now, but I guess. if they've got enough money to buy a waifu body pillow, have they got enough money, If even if they like do a few extra chores around the house, just getting a, a, like their own small fleshlight and just use that instead. Just have a fucking <laughs> yeah, wank. Or just get them like a 10-pack of sports <laughs> socks uh, and a bit of, you know, like a bit of E45. Can you not afford a if you, if you can afford a waifu pillow? Can you not afford a subscription to the Sunday Sport or something? Exactly, maybe? exactly. I mean, <laughs> fucking Pornhub is free. X videos is free. <laughs> X hamster is free. You don't you don't need to snuggle up to a crusty jizz filled <laughs> waifu pillow. <laughs> there is that kind of thing. Like if you're a lad and you're trying to make some decision based on something sexual, masturbate. Yeah, and, and then, then think about it again. It's <laughs> like oh, okay. After. Yeah. I've shoot got clarity first, of thought now. Yeah. yeah, shoot first, ask questions later. Now I've got clarity of thought. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. What yeah. am I doing? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? I'll remove that from my buy now. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll, add it to my, I'll add it to my things I like list, and we'll see. We'll yeah. see if I ever do buy it. Would you be all right? Here's a question for you, Adam, because you've got a son. So, would you be more or less freaked out with either of these, or are they just both completely terrible? Daniel either has a wire-through body pillow, or you find out that he's thinking about buying like one of those like high-class, high-end sex dolls. Or well, would you just be like, no? If, and I know what you're going to say. You're going to say like one costs like eight grand, and the other one costs all right, whatever. The same money was no object. Same money's no object. Yeah, same money's no object. He would be yes. skipping a few steps. The first <laughs> step being the waifu body pillow. The next step being okay. like a blow-up doll. The next step after that <laughs> is like one of those cushiony ones with like a flashlight stitched into it. And then we're looking at the real dolls. I yeah. think if he went straight for the real doll, I would be worried. Because <laughs> okay, I'm like, okay, okay. okay, where's this come from? There's no progression <laughs> here. I, I, being perfectly honest, and I love my son dearly, but if I found out he was becoming that level of a weeaboo, I would be having words with him to make to try my best to make him a cooler person and not go down that route. <laughs> Basically... It's just, it's a quick route to, like, a massive belly and then, like, bum-fluff beard, greasy face, lank hair, sitting indoors all day playing World of Warcraft and wanking over hentai. That, that, <laughs> I, would, I would do whatever I could to keep him away from that. He doesn't need to be that like me. <laughs> he needs to be the cooler version of me. <laughs> I like how you describe all those things. You walk into uh, to Daniel's bedroom, you're like, oh, chip off the old block, eh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you on my World of Warcraft account? Yeah. <laughs> At least farm some Hey, that's my pillow. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Give me that back. Mind this all. Yeah. <laughs> you're cheating on me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'd be... The, yeah. Fair enough. It's if Like Benny says, if it's his money, you can buy what the fuck he wants, but... I would be a little bit concerned. Yeah, I'd I would rather you spend that money and put it towards some kind of course on dating or talking to girls or boys or whatever you want, Just kind of thing. I, I I would be a little bit concerned. A haircut and like a new pair of shoes. Just put it towards yeah. that. That'll make all the difference. You know, a gym membership. If it's relating to that, and like go to the gym with him, yeah. and and like, but then maybe work out, make him feel better in himself. Maybe that's just us being old. Like maybe it's just maybe that's just the way we don't get it. Maybe I don't know. Maybe find find sure. some of those weird like LED strip lights that all the kids on TikTok have on their bedroom ceilings these days. Just get them some of them. Just make him yeah. a cool kid and not a fucking weeaboo with like some <laughs> kind of anime icon on his Discord profile. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to him. Anyway. If you want to be if you want to be a weeb, be a weeb. No. Never. If my son, if my if my son, my future son turns up with an anime body body pillow, I will sit down and I'll teach him the wholesome animes, the the sports animes, the cooking animes, not the All ones right. with but girls with big titties. What if Freya comes home like from school one day and goes, "I've got a boyfriend, Tarquin. He he's just outside. Can I bring him in?" You say, "Oh yeah, I'd be interested <laughs> to meet him." And then in comes like guy with a long like fake plaque. Placky Mac trench coat, like fedora on, like lanky <laughs> green, uh, greasy hair. He's got horrible bum fluff and terrible acne, like really poorly maintained skin. He's got, despite the fact he's wearing like Matrix trench coat and a fedora, he's got like some anime t-shirt on with obvious jizz stains and like big baggy jorts. <laughs> With a Adora. wallet chain and fucking clodhopper Doc Martens on. Would you be like, oh, that's great. We can talk about anime body pillows now with him. <laughs> or would you be like, Frey, come here, it? Fucking dump him. <laughs> right now, get rid of this stain from our house. I would say, I would say, oi, Tarquin, your waifu sucks. Mine's are much better. <laughs> also, I was dressed exactly like that the first time I met Blossom. So it worked out all right for me. It did, yeah, it fair. did, but would you want that for your son or daughter? <laughs> no, knowing that there are certain things potentially associated with people like that, 
that might not be the healthiest <laughs> for your child to get involved in. I can't say. I will say, if Georgia brings home somebody like me, I'm going to fucking kill her. <laughs> I'm like, have you been listening for the past 20 years? I've told you everything about me. This is a terrible idea. You're so stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? Get him out now. I know. I'm, I'm just praying for all my kids to be, well, for my girls to be gay and just bring, bring <laughs> a girl home because it reduces yeah. the impact of them potentially bringing home someone like me. I was going to say yeah. all my kids, but then I realised, well, if Danny's gay, he's going to bring home someone like me, potentially, and I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. That would right. be weird. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, a good way to end the show, as always. Yeah. Uh, anything from you, boys? No, other than thanks, everyone, for listening. Do rate, review, subscribe, all do whatever stuff. you have to do. Share us with your friends and family, and that weird neighbour who uh, sits and looks out of the window pensively from time to time <laughs> yeah thanks everyone and uh, we shall see you next week Toodly. there we go take care everybody bye bye